the Iowa caucus, the Iowa storms, and harp. Mm, we got a good conspiracy theory for you tonight. They still will not leave the Amish alone. This is an unbelievable story. It's happening again. <sighs> and redefining infertile in the dumbest, most moronic way you've ever heard. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Ah, yes, welcome in everybody. Happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday morning. We're just getting started. Ah, my goodness. We, we Honestly, we got so much stuff jammed in the show tonight. We're going to talk about stuff that are head shakers, as we call them. You read it, you hear about it, and you just go, it's not possible. We can't have fallen that far. Well, sorry, apparently we have. Incredible. All right, before we get started, I want to tell you about our Blackout Coffee folks. They are one of our main sponsors here at uh, The Jay Sheldon Show. And we really appreciate them being here because they sell a great product, but also they are an American company that gives a damn about our American values. Blackout Coffee, we love it here, we drink it all the time, personally recommend it, so if that means anything, check it out. Coffee company that's 100% committed to two things, our conservative values and making a great cup of coffee. Sourcing the beans from local co-ops and American farmers to their small batch roasting process, shipping, customer support, they're 100% committed to the very best. They're dedicated to you, and they're dedicated to the U.S. of A. Zero tolerance on taste or quality. Do me a favor. Check out Blackout Coffee. Give them a shot. Really worth your time and the best coffee you've ever tasted. Blackout Coffee is absolutely remarkable. And they also support our troops, too. You can also, when you're at the site, you see right there? It says, support our troops. Be awake, not woke. Blackout Coffee. They've got a whole bunch of great roasts and blends over there. They also have a line of teas, some great premium teas. And also, they've got uh, flavored cocoa. So, flavored cocoa mixes, too. If you're not into coffee... Look, if you are into coffee, this is the site for you. You don't need any other. If you're not, cocos and teas, they've got those too. And by the way, if you also use the pods for making your coffee, they have that. Check it out. Now, we got you a deal, and that is when you place your first order at checkout, use the promo code J20, J-A-Y-20, my first name. J20 is the promo code at checkout for 20% off your first order, and that's a hell of a deal. 20% off your first order with the promo code J20 from Blackout Coffee. Thank you, Blackout Coffee, for being a part of the show and for doing all that you do for our country. Seriously. I love dealing with sponsors who are all about America, and this is certainly one of them. All right. Iowa caucus, we're staring it right in the face. It's a mess, mainly because of the weather. There is a huge 
polar vortex going on, and it is threatening to disrupt the Iowa caucuses. I know, weather, right? Yeah, absolutely. Near blizzard conditions are colliding with the GOP primary candidate's final push ahead of the Iowa caucuses, forcing campaigns to cancel events, change plans, Forecasted frigid weather for the next week could also dampen voter turnout on caucus day, which will be Monday. Iowa is under a winter storm warning. Six to 12 inches of snow expected across the central and southeastern regions through Tuesday, according to the National Weather Service. The run-up to the caucuses coincides with one of the most active periods of winter weather in recent memory. In recent memory, there has never been this kind of an active weather pattern, ever. Keep that in mind, because I'm going to talk about something else coming up. Axios extreme weather expert Andrew Freeman says, it is the most active period of winter weather we can remember. Snow expected to be followed by a polar vortex, a vortex that lingers through caucus day. Single-digit temperatures. Ouch. Campaigns of Nikki Haley, the freak. Former President Trump also have uh, already canceled Iowa events because of weather and travel concerns. Vivek Ramaswamy driving to his campaign events this week instead of his private plane. Blowing snow with winds gusting as high as 40 miles an hour with limited visibility expected through Tuesday. Wow. And more frigid temperatures coming next week when that polar vortex moves into the area. Wow. Weather is the number one caucus turnout problem. Do you know what HARP is? Now, I know I am going to take my tinfoil hat and stick it square on my head. But you think about it. You know how the Democrats cheat. You know they will do anything to stop Trump. You think they cheated in 2020, which they did. You have no idea of the plans they've got cooking for 2024. It is going to be a nightmare. And I, I have thought badly about this whole HARP program from the very beginning. HARP is an acronym for High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, H-A-A-R-P. It's a University of Alaska Fairbanks program, which researches the ionosphere. It was built as a joint project with the U.S. Air Force and the U.S. Navy. Main feature, High Frequency Transmitter, used to study the ionosphere, parts of the Earth's upper atmosphere, monitors solar radio bursts, 
Jupiter radio emissions and collects all that data, which is publicly available. However, from the very beginning, HARP first got built and was fired up. There have been conspiracy, I hate to call them conspiracy theories. There have been the ideas put out there with people having some pretty good data to back it up. That, by the way, is a picture of HARP. That is that giant radio antenna. In 1993, the Air Force began construction of this. It was a $290 million project. It enabled the government's foremost atmospheric researchers to study the ionosphere. Over the years, HARP's been credited with conducting useful and successful research. But because of this highly complex work that HARP does, Officials claim its purpose has been largely misunderstood. And because of that, it's been ground zero for criticism ever since it was, before it was built even. It's in a low population state purported to promote secrecy. HARP features 360 radio transmitters. 180 antennas and five powerful generators. They create geometric patterns in every direction when it's turned on. The antennas, each one foot thick, stretching 72 feet into the sky, continue to raise eyebrows. Shortly after the facility opened, the public began reporting strange phenomenon shortly after the thing fired up. Not only in the region, but around the world. Activists challenged HARP's activities, questioning what they were really up to. The government continues to deny any connections with weather changes, but if the government's lips are moving, they're lying. If you are still in a position where you believe anything the government says these days, you are a moron. Frequencies of earthquakes, chemtrails in the skies, made deliberate efforts to quell suspicions about the nature of its operations. And yet these are hardly enough to quiet HARP's notable detractors, including Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez and former Minnesota Governor Jesse Ventura. He questioned whether the government was using HARP to manipulate the weather. The Air Force acknowledged that Ventura had made an official request to visit the research station they were denied access. Weaponizing the weather. You don't think they can do it? One of the most popular accusations people have made against HARP is that they deliberately create weather destruction, bad weather, 
on a global scale, causing earthquakes, cyclones, flooding, snowstorms, Iowa. Critics assert it has the capacity to send microwave radiation beneath the ground, strategically pinpointing fault lines and the size of Harp's fields of antennas have the potential for tremendous damage to the environment. Unlike other ionosphere research centers around the world, only HARP has the ability to take all that energy and focus it to pinpoint spots. The Iran-Iraq earthquake, you remember that one? Horrible earthquake, 500 people killed in that November of 2017. Despite tensions between the two nations and the U.S., Iran's Deputy Interior Minister for Security and Law Enforcement denied such rumors of HARP causing the earthquake had any scientific basis. They have all but just short of acknowledged they can control the weather with this harp station. They say they're not doing it, but they can. And if they can, they are. So there's my tinfoil hat moment for the day. The Iowa caucus going on. The Democrats will do absolutely anything to get in our way. I know it's just a caucus, but it doesn't matter. If they can screw it up for us, they'll screw it up. You don't... You remember what I said in that article about the Iowa caucus and the weather? The meteorologist saying in, in current memory... They have never seen a, a winter event like this and the polar vortex coming in. Things that make you go, hmm. Hey, Tim Young just posted this on X. It's not in our show notes because I literally just saw it while I was hitting, uh, sitting here waiting to go live. The priorities of the U.S. Senate's spending bill. This is insane. Take a look at this. $65.5 billion to Ukraine. Another $65.5 billion wasted. $14.4 billion to Israel. $755 million, almost a billion, for U.S. citizenship and immigration. Customs and Border Protection, $5.3 billion. ICE, $2.3 billion. Remember, Trump wanted about $10 billion to finish the wall, and they said they couldn't afford it. 
Ukraine, Israel, almost 80 billion combined. Customs, Border Patrol, ICE, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration. Uh, let's see, 5, 7, 14, 14, no, not even, 7 billion, almost 8 billion. Kind of says it all, doesn't it? This is the priority the Senate has put on their spending bill. Very nice. I cannot wait until November. I can't wait until November. Biden's Teflon cabinet. This is a weird story. Very weird story. The White House moving swiftly to shut down talk about recriminations. You've heard this story, no doubt. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was secretly hospitalized. What? He's the damn Defense Secretary. He's part of the top echelon. He's in the line. Downplaying this rather odd saga, intensifying criticism from members of Congress, Loyalty and consistency, trademarks of Biden's administration, which has seen less cabinet and A-team turnover than really any president, dating back to Ronald Reagan. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh resigned last month, or last March, rather, but that was to become president of the NHL Players Association, probably a step up. The White House stood as his replacement, Deputy Labor Secretary Julie Su, led the agency in an acting capacity for nearly a year. But Biden's steadfast, sometimes stubborn support for his aides stands in remarkable contrast to the track record of former President Trump demanded personal loyalty, rarely reciprocated it, fired a staggering number of his top officials. Look, these are just the facts. You know I'm a Trump supporter, but the facts are what the facts are. The truth doesn't change. Here's the timeline of when Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, was in the hospital. Elective procedure at Walter Reed, taken to ICU for severe pain. January 4th, President Biden and Hicks were informed. Spokespeople, seriously. These are the people in charge, folks, and they have no idea what the hell is going on. Where's our defense secretary? Mm, Gee, don't know, haven't seen him in a while. Politico reports Biden wouldn't accept a registration from Austin, even if he offered it. 
Chatter from the pundit class likely to reflectively harden the president's view. Austin taking responsibility for the situation. But this was a serious incident. You're the defense secretary. You can't just go missing and not tell somebody where you are. Unbelievable. But it happened. Shows you exactly how screwed up those bunch of morons in the White House are. Oh. <laughs> coffee time. Blackout coffee. Hey, do you drink water? I mean, everybody drinks water, but do you drink enough water? No, it's not an ad. It's a very interesting story about what is in the water that you drink. And I'll tell you what, you might want to think again before you open up another bottle of water. There's stuff in there you don't want to be putting in your body. You'll be amazed. Tell you about it coming up right now, though, folks. In today's digital age, our online privacy, security, more important than ever. That's why NordVPN is the perfect solution for protecting your internet activity. With NordVPN, you can browse the web safely, securely, privately. You don't have to worry about hackers, snoopers, even your own internet service provider spying on you, knowing what websites you're visiting. Our military-grade encryption at NordVPN ensures your data stays safe and stays confidential. Not only does NordVPN protect your privacy, but it also unlocks a world of online entertainment. Over 5,000 servers, I believe now it's up to 6,000, 59 countries, you can access your favorite websites, streaming services from anywhere in the world. Protect your family, your friends, all your devices with a single NordVPN account you can protect up to six devices. Take a look at this comparison chart. This is frightening. Yeah, look at this. Connection speeds, far and away over ExpressVPN, Private, Proton. 6,000 plus servers. See, I told you, they're up over 6,000 now. Twice the amount as ExpressVPN. I don't know, side-by-side -side comparison, but just to let you know what you're paying for. Got malware scanning for downloads, alerts about leaked credentials to keep an eye on your information, tracker, ad blocker, and all of that, if you use the special link in our show notes, will get you this VPN, NordVPN, for 67% off Wow, just $3.39 a month. Now, there's a very limited time. You see it right there. About nine hours and nine and a half hours. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, too, so you try it out. Look, if you're not tech-savvy, doesn't matter. I'm not that tech-savvy. 
But trust me, with NordVPN, you put the app on your phone or on your laptop or your desktop, you click one button, that's it. You're protected. Just like that. You don't have to configure stuff and everything else. It does all that for you. And make sure that your data, your online activity is protected. It's kept away from the prying eyes of everybody and every hacker on the planet who wants at you. And they want at you. They will never stop trying. If you are online, get yourself a VPN. NordVPN has a hell of a deal and far and above any of the other VPNs as far as what they offer. Okay, what's in your water? You don't want to know. <laughs> Check this out. Scientists have found about a quarter million invisible nanoplastics in a liter of bottled water. Just one liter. A quarter million invisible nanoplastics. Ouch. The average liter of bottle of water, bottled water, contains a quarter million invisible pieces of very microscopically tiny nanoplastics. Detected categorized for the first time by a microscope using dual lasers. Now, they've long figured these microplastics were there. But until researchers at Columbia and Rutgers universities did their calculations, they never really knew how much or what kind. Looking at five samples of three common bottled water brands, Researchers found particle levels that ranged from over 100,000 to 400,000 per liter, averaged around 240,000, according to the study. They're less than one micron in size. There are uh, 25,400 microns, also called micrometers, because it's a millionth of a meter in an inch. Just by comparison, a human hair is about 83 microns wide. In the water you drink, the bottled water that you think is so safe. Can you imagine what's coming out of your tap? At least you'd think with bottled water, perhaps, you know, they've treated it a little bit. Wow. That's some scary stuff. Unbelievable. All right. They still will not leave the Amish alone. This is such a sad story. Every time I see this from the Epic Times, links in our show notes. Once again, that idiot government of ours has raided an Amish farm in an attempt to criminalize independence from independent farmers. The oversight role of the government on the farming community has become a hot button issue for a growing segment of rural America. Oh man, remember milk and bottles like that? 
And that when I was a kid, Alex the Milkman used to deliver those. A raid on a popular Amish farm on suspicion of selling illegal milk, among other products, has inspired widespread outrage over what critics call an egregious example of government overreach, and that is exactly what it is. January 4th, just five days ago, Pennsylvania State Police, officials from the Department of Agriculture, served the Miller's Organic Farm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a warrant after claiming the public had been exposed to a dangerous foodborne pathogen. The warrant, which came in connection to two alleged cases of foodborne illness, sought, among other things, illegal raw milk and raw milk products, including eggnog. Added, the, according to the warrant, Miller was never licensed his retail operation. Attorney Barnes represents Mr. Miller, issued a statement saying the raid was a violation of his client's constitutional rights. You remember they keep they keep doing this. They keep raiding these Amish people's. I mean, they're easy targets, which is likely why they're going after them. These people who you know you've got how many nanoparticles of microplastics in your water, and you're worried because he's selling fresh raw milk from out of the cow. Please. I have drank raw, fresh milk directly out of the cow. Yeah, my grandfather who taught me how to milk a cow. Yep, I'm that old. <clears throat> my grandfather in East Cornwall, Connecticut. I am from Cornwall, Connecticut, born and raised there. And back in the day before she went totally nuts, one of our big claims to fame was that Whoopi Goldberg owned a home in Cornwall. Now, I'm damned embarrassed to admit it because she's an idiot. Have you seen the latest headline? Whoopi scolds poor people for worrying about prices and says Trump is going to put you in camps. Fool. The person who wrote this article says, as I begin the article, I feel the need to put this disclaimer up front. <clears throat> Due to the ridiculous content, so no, none of the bilge by the co-hosts of The View on a daily basis is newsworthy in and of itself. But as Rush Limbaugh explained, the more we expose the various narratives of the left, the better the chances that more people will see it. On Monday, Whoopi thought it was a good idea to tear into poor people 
you know, you and me, who are worried about making ends meet after years of Bidenomics. 17% increase in grocery prices since Biden took office. According to Whoopi, not a reason not to vote for good old Joe. She warned if Donald Trump wins the 2024 presidential election, he's going to put people struggling to pay their bills in camps. The segment kicked off with race-hustling Sonny Hostin catastrophizing about how Republicans want to dismantle elite colleges, universities. And then Whoopi chimed in. What's interesting for me is the people's faith in the country is waning. That's the thing that's pissing me off. Because, in fact, there's a reason Joe Biden ran the way he did. There's a reason he's running for democracy now. Because that's really what's at stake. You know what? I can't read any more of this crap, and I'm not going to give it any more coverage or give this moron, idiot, another second of this show. You want to read the article, read it. <clears throat> Shake your head while you do. It's ridiculous. And, and why is the view still on the air? What do they have, like three viewers? More crap from the left. You know how they redefine everything. He, him, she, her. Zi, Zhao, Zing, Zong, Zay, whatever. Here we go again. They are redefining what infertility means. And it may surprise you if you are single or a same-sex couple. Same-sex couples and singles, no matter their sexual orientation, now qualify as being infertile. You heard me right. According to the American Society for Reproductive Medicines, whose guidelines now are redefining infertility to include anyone who needs donor eggs, sperm, or embryo to conceive as a couple or individual. So obviously a same-sex couple cannot naturally recreate, reproduce. So they are now defined as infertile. The guidelines released by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine goes on to say, nothing in this definition shall be used to deny or delay treatment to any individual regardless of relationship status or sexual orientation. Not even biology, which requires a man and a woman to conceive a child, doesn't matter when it comes to fulfilling the uh, desires of adults. 
This is a massive break in natural law and even medical science. In the past, infertility was meant to define couples who were unable to conceive after 12 months of unprotected intercourse. He tried for 12 months, unable to concede, conceive, then you were considered infertile. Now all the treatments available for infertile couples who are legit infertile are available to same-sex couples. Look, I got no problem with same-sex couples. Marry who you want. Love who you want. I don't care. But that doesn't make you an infertile couple. Biologically, you can't have babies that way, you idiot. And yet you're going to be open to all the budgets and all the programs, all the offerings that straight couples who truly are infertile for medical reasons will not have access to because you're taking them. You think it's just a small thing. It ain't just a small thing. It is a big thing. Think of it, you know, you, you think, oh, okay, you know, no big deal. So <clears throat> I got no problem with same-sex couples. You're considered infertile because you can't possibly ever conceive a baby. And so fine, whatever. But think about it. Take it to the next step. Say, and then what? And then what is actually legit infertile couples have a reduction in the amount of programs and monies that are available to help them because you're using them. And sorry, but you have no right. Hey, you heard about the uh, Alaska Airlines flight? Yeah, I, uh, who hasn't? It's been all over the news. Here's an angle you may not have heard. The pictures are frightening. That door is just gone off that plane. And they were at like 16,000 feet. That is scary. Well, fortunately, no one got sucked out of the plane. But apparently something got sucked out of the plane. An iPhone. And guess what? After falling nearly five kilometers, it survived. <laughs> now, the old Nokia brick phones, I could see that making it. But according to Sky News host Caleb Bond, says he just cannot get over the fact that the iPhone found from an Alaska Airlines flight which had to land after the door flew off in mid-flight, that iPhone actually survived the fall and was working. A man in Oregon in the U.S. found an iPhone that had belonged to a passenger from that flight that had to make the emergency landing after takeoff. He found the phone 
completely intact. I mean, you drop your phone from, I don't know, from your hands to the floor when you're in the toilet using it. Thing smashes into a million bits, the screen cracks. But for whatever reason, this one survived. Sydney councillor has vowed to scrap the welcome to country and smoking ceremonies in his council if his party is re-elected this year. He says it no longer reflects the needs of the residents who voted a resounding no in the voice referendum. Joining me now is Sky News. That's not the... Never mind. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it actually got that crazy. Five kilometer uh, fall, survived, was working, screen wasn't cracked. I'm not an iPhone fan, but I'm telling you, it's just the weirdest thing. Okay, one last one, a little bit of good news, awe-inspiring news, actually. A boy and his dog who are out crossing the street when they see a woman in a wheelchair who needs a hand. More proof that there are plenty of kind-hearted, big-hearted, good people still today on this planet. Take a look. Guy and his dog, she's stuck on the railroad tracks trying to get across. He tries to push her off. Can't. She's really stuck trying to get over that hump. So he takes the dog's leash, ties it around the wheelchair legs, hooks the dog up to the wheelchair. She's still trying to get the thing going. Now she backs up with the dog in the front, like a Iditarod sled. Finally, the dog gets the idea. He starts, look at that. He's got them all harnessed up there. What a beautiful dog, too. Bam, gets over the tracks, and away she goes. <laughs> How about that? I love it. Nice job. Like I said, could have just kept walking on by and left her sitting there stuck on the tracks. But this guy had a heart. You know, to be honest, I don't know if that's a guy or a girl. Anyway, this person had a big heart. And we love to see stories like that. Absolutely. All right. You ready? Book time. Treasure Island, Robert Louis Stevenson, 1882. One of the all-time great classics. And we are uh, we're getting towards the end, actually. So, uh, yeah, we'll be starting a new book sometime down the road. We're up to Chapter 23. Before we start here, just a quick reminder, please subscribe to the show. Just hit that follow button. It's free, costs you nothing, and really does help the show out a lot. We really appreciate that. Just sign up for a free Rumble account, and then you can follow the show, take part in our live chat, and uh, thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. Also, of course, NordVPN, Blackout Coffee, some of our great sponsors. Check out those great deals, too. Okay, Chapter 23, The Ebb Tide Runs from Treasure Island. The Coracle, as I had ample reason to know before I was done with her, 
was a very safe boat for a person of my height and weight, both buoyant, clever in a sea way, but she was the most cross-grained, lopsided craft to manage. Do as you pleased, she always made more leeway than anything else. Turning round and round was the maneuver she was best at. Even Ben Gunn himself admitted she was queer to handle till you knew her way. Certainly, I didn't know her way. She turned in every direction but the only one I was bound to go. The most part of the time, we were broadside on. I'm very sure I never should have made the ship at all but for the tide. By good fortune, paddle as I pleased, the tide was still sweeping me down. And there lay the Hispaniola, right in the fairway, hardly to be missed. First, she loomed before me like a blot of something yet blacker than darkness. And then her spars and hull began to take shape. Next moment, as it seemed, for the further I went, the brisker drew the current of the ebb, I was alongside of her hawser, and she had laid hold. The hawser was as taut as a bowstring, the current so strong she pulled upon her anchor. All round the hull in the blackness, the rippling current bubbled and chattered like a little mountain stream. One cut with my sea gully and the Hispaniola would go humming down the tide. So far so good, but it next occurred to me, to my recollection, that a taut hawser suddenly cut is a thing as dangerous as a kicking horse. Ten to one, if I were so foolhardy as to cut the Hispaniola from her anchor, I and the coracle would be knocked clean out of the water. Now this brought me to a full stop. If fortune hadn't again particularly favored me, I should have had to abandon my design. But the light airs which had begun blowing from the southwest and south had hauled round after nightfall into the southwest. Just while I was meditating, a puff came and caused the Hispaniola and forced her up into the current. And to my great joy, I felt the hawser slacken in my grasp, and the hand by which I held it dipped for a second under water. With that, I made my mind up, took out my gully, opened it with my teeth, and cut one strand after another till the vessel swung only by two. Then I laid quiet, waiting to sever these last when the strain should be once more lightened with a breath of wind. All this time I'd learned the sound of loud voices from the cabin, but to say the truth, my mind had been so entirely taken up with other thoughts that I'd scarcely given an ear. Now, however, when I had nothing else to do, I began to pay more heed. One I recognized for the coxswains, Israel Hands. That had been Flint's gunner in former days. The other was, of course, my friend of the red nightcap. Both men, plainly the worse of drink, 
and they were still drinking. For even while I was listening, one of them, with a drunken cry, opened the stern window and threw something out, which I divined to be an empty bottle. But they were not only tipsy, it was plain they were furiously angry. Oaths flew like hailstones, and every now and then there came forth such an explosion as I thought it was sure to end in blows. But each time the quarrel passed off, the voices grumbled lower for a while until the next crisis came, and in its turn passed away without result. On shore I could see the glow of the great campfire burning warmly through the shoreside trees. Someone was singing a dull old droning sailor's song with a droop and a quaver at the end of every verse, and seemingly no end to it all but the patience of the singer. I'd heard it on the voyage more than once and remembered these words. But one man of the crew alive, what put to sea with seventy-five. Although I thought it a ditty rather too dolefully appropriate for a company that had met such cruel losses in the morning. But indeed, from what I saw, all these buccaneers were as callous as the sea they sailed on. At last, the breeze came. The schooner sidled and drew nearer in the dark. I felt the hawser slacken once more, and with a good, tough effort, cut through the last fibers. And that's where we will end it for tonight, today rather. <laughs> we'll pick it up again on tomorrow's show. See what happens with the Hispaniola being set free. I wonder if he's going to get on it or go back to the island. I don't know. The answer might be obvious, but it isn't to me at the moment. We'll see. All right, folks. Thanks so much for popping by. really do appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. I will see you again tomorrow with another show for you on a Wednesday. Enjoy your Tuesday. Thanks, everybody. Be sure and follow the show, huh?